Hey guys, it's Omar Khan, co-founder of Theta Trading Co. We teach people how to trade options to generate significant income on the side, and it takes as little as 30 minutes a day or less. Uh, that's pretty attractive. I've personally been using this trading strategy for the last 20 years and really refined it down over the years. It's allowed me to generate enough down payments to buy over 30 plus properties in the GTA and why you can do it as well. The only thing stopping you is you. As long as you have an open mind and you're willing to learn, I believe that any single person can learn how to do this. I'm here to let you know that we have a weekend course coming up on the weekend of March 28th. It's a Saturday and Sunday. It's full two days, nine and a half hours each day where we teach you everything there is to know from the beginning of how the stock market works to the end of day two, where you'll understand how to profitably trade options for yourself on a go forward basis. Our courses normally do sell out. So I would encourage you to, uh, to, to book uh, quickly. All the three courses we've done so far have been sold out or very near sold out. And if this sounds too good to be true, it's just a matter of the fact that most people will never understand this skill. How to make such decent returns in a short time span. But once you understand the concept, you'll know why it works. Uh, just to give an example, one student we had that took the course in January that made, has already made over $6,000 in their first two weeks uh, with zero stock trading experience. We've had people from all walks of life, from teachers to truck drivers, to lawyers, to doctors, to accountants, and anything in between that you can think of. So don't think that, hey, I, don't, I couldn't learn this. No, you can definitely learn this. It's all a matter of putting the effort. Uh, we have a special offer today for Breakthrough Real Estate Podcast listeners, and we're offering a $500 discount to our next live weekend course on the weekend of March 28th and 29th, Saturday and Sunday at the University of Toronto, Mississauga, taught by yours truly and my best friend and co-founder, Matthew Todman. If you're interested in taking this course, just go to 30minutestocktrader.com. That's 30minutestocktrader.com and use the code Breakthrough to get $500 off our next live weekend course. The website again is 30, the number is 30, minutestocktrader.com. Use the discount code BREAKTHROUGH for $500 off. We strongly encourage you to uh, attend. I promise you the knowledge will change your life financially forever. Thank you. Hi, this is Dion Baig from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, episode 105. If you're looking for the skills and tools to succeed in real estate investing, you've come to the right place. This show is about breaking through barriers, breaking through limiting beliefs, and breaking through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Rob Brake and Sandy McKay. Welcome back, everybody, to the Breakthrough Podcast. Sandy, good to hear from you again. <laughs> hey, Rob, how, how are things going today? Oh, excellent. Excellent. <clears throat> Couldn't be better. I've had a great day so far. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. It's amazing. Anything new, exciting in the uh, real estate world? 
Let's see. Um, just a whole bunch of uh, just a whole bunch of investors taking action. I like to see it. So helping them out on their journey, getting started. Some of them, others ramping up their business. So just a bunch of stuff going on. I'm looking for the next deal myself too. So if anyone has a deal, bring it to me. <laughs> we get better get going. We got a hot 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 spring. We were talking about that earlier. Right? It's uh, picking up a bit. Might be an interesting spring market coming up here soon. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. for sure. Um, so we want to remind everyone before we get to our guests who's standing by here, we want to get to, uh, you know, make sure everyone jumps on over to our, web, our website, breakthroughreipodcast.ca, grab our free report there, the ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estate. And uh, you also get on our email list, get to hear about all of our upcoming seminars or uh, property tours, all that sort of fun stuff. And uh, you'll hear about every episode of the show that we got coming out. So you never miss an episode. And um, we'd love for you to jump on in the conversation there. Leave us comments or, or go over, on, over to iTunes where, what can they do on iTunes, Rob? Uh, iTunes, yeah. Leave us a rating and review over there on iTunes. We've got a whole bunch of them right now. Let me just see how many we have. So we have uh, 267 ratings, 330, sorry, 238 five-star ratings. And then it drizzles down a little bit from there. We've actually, Sandy, got five one-star reviews. Maybe one day I'll go back and read those. <laughs> See if maybe we've come around. Maybe they can get I think some- we got to up our, we got to get like 500 because that means we're uh, causing, you know, get more hate. Things up. Who says that? I don't know who says that. A lot of people say that. Maybe we need to start bad-mouthing people. <laughs> then we'll get a bunch of bad reviews from their fans and we'll start like a little podcast radio war. Maybe. That'd be all right. Got to create, create some buzz somehow. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe we're due for something like that. Yeah, go over to iTunes, guys, and leave us a rating and review. Just tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you have heard uh, that helped you, what you would like to hear, topics that we haven't discussed yet. And today is actually a topic that we have definitely not discussed yet, so I'm excited about hearing about it. What about you, Sandy? Yeah, it's awesome when we get some new guests that uh, talk about stuff we never never talk about or in areas that we've never uh, spoke about. So uh, this will be something... Something in that uh, space for sure. Something brand new for, for at least for our listeners. And um, yeah, are we ready? Want to get into the, into the conversation Absolutely. here? Let's do it. <clears throat> All right. So I've got Omar Khan here, uh, sitting beside me here live today, actually, in the, in the, uh, in the studio. And so if you're watching this, you can, you can see him here. If you're, if you're listening, you know, it probably sounds the same as usual. But we've got Omar here. And Omar uh, began his 15-year his 15 15 plus year financial services career in the brokerage arm of a schedule one Canadian bank. And through, uh, through that will and determination uh, quickly rose through the ranks of the industry to our VP in a widely known mutual fund company. After that, he became a full-time real estate investor and derivative derivatives trader, a revenue generating activities Omar does to this day. And Omar holds a bachelor degree in economics from U of T university of Toronto and Omar currently spends his professional life trading derivatives, obviously something we're going to chat about today, building his real estate portfolio as well, and promoting the core values of Theta Trading Corporation. So welcome to the show, Omar. Thanks, Andy. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you, Rob, for having me on, on your podcast. Uh, I look forward to uh, imparting some knowledge and learning some stuff myself. Yeah, thanks for being here again. Appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about how you got started in real estate investing. All right, I'll tell you. So in 2008 and 2009, uh, so remember, I came from a world of, of finance. I didn't come from the world of real estate, which is very different from, um, I think, most of the people who listen to your, uh, to your podcast. 
So I came from the, the, the financial world, meaning the stock, the stock world. Uh, in 2008, 2009 was the worst recession in, in modern history. Uh, you know, multi-generational uh, recession, as we're all aware of. Uh, the global financial system came, you know, a few inches away from complete collapse. If the central banks around the world hadn't stepped in and provided some liquidity and some bailouts, uh, we would have been in deep, deep trouble. As a result of that, my stock uh, portfolio went down substantially because everything went down at that time. So I realized at that point in time, um, although I love stocks, I knew how they worked and, and, and trading was profitable for me. I realized that uh, I needed to, to have other investments other than just uh, stocks. So that's when I started getting into real estate. I bought my first real estate property in 2010. Um, and I got going from there and I just kept growing it from there. And uh, 10 years later, I've got a pretty substantial portfolio now of uh, around $15 million. I've got a roughly a $15 million portfolio now. Uh, and I continue to grow it to this day, but I've also got a sizable real uh, a sizable trading account, which allows me uh, to fund my lifestyle and to uh, continually grow my uh, my real estate portfolio. And I plan to make my real estate portfolio substantially larger over the next few years. Uh, again, because of the profits that I can drive through my trading account. So let's just talk a little bit about like how you actually started out, what what that deal was, because I think it's important for people to get a grasp on where, where you're coming from, right? Not, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't, and I, I think it's, you know, it's not a story of, Hey, you got a bunch of money handed to you and bought a property, right? No, no, definitely not. That was definitely wasn't it. Let's hear about that. Okay. So I, I was basically, I had a, I had a pretty good paying job on, uh, in the finance world. So I was making some pretty good money. Um, I, I didn't live very lavishly. I, I saved a lot of my money. Um, so what I did my first property I bought in 2010, I knew I wanted to get into real estate and I didn't, I didn't know much about real estate. You know, I thought, you know, like a lot of people might think that, Oh, well, I'll just go buy a property and rent it out and go from there. So I live in Mississauga, Ontario. I was driving down the road in, in Milton one day and I, I saw some new development for sale. So what did I do? I pulled over. I went into the uh, sales office and I bought a semi-detached home for $355,000, 2,000 square feet. Actually, it was a link attached only at the garage. And I put my down payment down and I'm like, okay, I've got a rental property. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't buy it for the right reasons. It didn't really cash flow all that well in hindsight. Uh, but I did it because I knew that I wanted to diversify my holdings in uh, real estate. So I drove down the road. Like I said, I just went and bought the property uh, that I closed on it. And then after I had closed on it, I realized, you know what? I don't know much about real estate. I need to learn how to buy real estate the right way. And what I mean to learn how to buy real estate the right way is, and then I joined Rain. Uh, I was in Rain for a number of years. I met a lot of people, uh, a lot of contacts through Rain, and I learned how to buy real estate the right way, which is you know for cash flow, uh, as opposed to uh, for speculation or for appreciation, because those are not something you can count on. You can count on cash flow. So it's just like the stock market. You learn how to buy something the right way, then you know what you're doing. If you're buying things for not the right reasons, just buying it for the sake of oh, I own I own real estate now. Uh, that's not the best way to do it. So that's, that's, that's how I began. And then once I learned how to buy it the right way through rain, then I was able to grow my portfolio nicely from there. Right. So let's talk about the types of real estate properties that you buy now. What, yep. What's your favorite, what strategies do you use? Uh, buy, renovate, refinance. That's pretty much it. 
That's yeah. so I buy a piece of crap, I renovate it, uh, and then I refinance it. Hopefully, pull a good chunk of my money out, and then as I exit the property, hopefully it's cash flowing decently. Well, it has to be, otherwise, you know, if you don't meet the DCR or debt coverage ratio with the banks, then they're not going to be too uh, too thrilled, and they obviously won't give you much capital back out. So the idea is to is to buy a piece of crap, uh, renovate it, get all the rents up, go back to the banks, get your appraisals done. Uh, refi it, pull as much capital out as possible. And now that it's cash flowing, move on to the next property. So I've been doing that for a number of years. That's great. And so, and now we're going to learn how you sort of use this, this uh, new trading company of yours to supplement and build on the real estate side. Right. So I thought it was really important to get to know like where you're coming from as an investor first. Yeah, and the the buy, renovate, refinance strategy obviously is something we've talked about at at pretty great detail on this show. Um, many, many of our investors and and people we have had on employ that strategy. Both of us do, Rob and I as well. Yep. Um, very uh, popular. I, I shouldn't say it's that popular, but it's popular amongst our community for sure. And um, but you said at the end there it has to have some cash flow at the end of the day, um, and we know that by going through that strategy, you also want to get a lot, large chunk of money back in your pocket. So ultimately it probably doesn't have a lot of cash flow at the end of the day. Right? Exactly. I think that's one thing is, is what we're going to get into this new strategy, not new, but the strategy that we're talking about today in the, in the stock options side of things and uh, a way to create extra cash flow. Cause we know we're not going to benefit greatly from cash. We're not going to retire off the cash flow of these buy, renovate, refinance strategy, at least not anytime soon, right? Well, as long as if you leave the refinance portion out of it, yeah, you probably could. But uh, yeah. I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, my cash flow on my, on my real estate portfolio is not uh, enough for me to uh, live the, uh, the lifestyle that I want to live. So it's, real estate is great for wealth creation. It's poor for cash flow, unless you don't refinance it. So if your property is coming up every three years, four years, five years for a refi, and you keep refining them and pulling capital back out, Obviously, your cash flow keeps deteriorating, right? It'll go up and then it'll go back down again. So you're not going to have enough capital, enough re- uh, cash flow, sorry, to sustain a lifestyle that you want. And that's where my trading comes in because the trading for me is nothing but cash flow. It's an excellent complementary piece to real estate. Real estate, like I said, is great for wealth creation. Let's say, let's say I got a fifteen million dollar portfolio, and let's say it goes up by four percent a year. The mortgage gets paid down. You know, you're 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 almost at. Uh, you know, you're almost at a million dollars uh, in savings, but that's not, that's not something I can eat immediately, right? So although you're saving a ton of money and your net worth is increasing, that's great. Where's the cash flow for you to live off of? And that's where the trading comes in. And that's why I do both. And I encourage all of the listeners who are listening to this and, and yourselves included is to learn this other strategy and not, not to be closed-minded about it and say, okay, well, I don't like the stock market. Therefore, I'm not even going to open my mind to it because that would be a huge disservice to yourself in terms of learning a whole new uh, area to create wealth. And uh, you guys, just like me, we're all about multiple streams of income, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Multiple streams of income are, 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 you know, are, are essential in order for one to achieve their financial goals. So now you got the real estate income. Let's say you got a business or a job. That's two streams of income. We believe in a third component, which is uh, the stock market and specifically the options market of the stock market. And that gives us a third component. Now, when we have that third component, that also provides us with excess cash flow in order to purchase more properties in the future. So it works in a, in a, in a, in a wheel that becomes very, very profitable when one understands both 
I have a unique perspective on this because I came from the stock world and learned about real estate. Most people learn about real estate and never ever get into the stock world because they discard it because they've had a bad experience or their neighbor has had a bad experience or their uncle from Timbuktu had a bad experience. I've heard it all, right? And again, it's the same thing that relates back to uh, real estate. It's the lack of education that causes this. You know, there's plenty of people. You look at Bay Street or Wall Street uh, or the major financial, people are making a ton of money. Why are they making a lot of money and, and, and the vast majority of the population isn't? It's because of a lack of knowledge. And that's what we're here to, uh, to address here, that lack of knowledge. Once that lack of knowledge is overcome, uh, the world is your oyster. I think uh, as, as real estate investors primarily, I think Rob and I at least, and a large part of our listeners too, they, they kind of get maybe turned off from it because of yeah. the fact that it's it, a lot of times we're, we, we tell people a lot of times actually, it's, why would you put money in that when you can make such great wealth in real estate, right? I yeah. think that's a pretty common theme. Yeah, And you know, we go again, we, the bank is telling you to do ABC and you know, ultimately what the bank is telling you probably doesn't work for most people um, in, in general, or it's uh, you know, you're going to pay the, pay the banks and not make a whole ton of money yourself. But and quite frankly, there's not a lot of options, right? Yeah. You know, no pun intended. We'll get into that later on. Yeah. But what do you have? You have real estate on one end, which people understand. It's tangible. They get it. Marginal cash flow is not the best. You have that on one end. What do you have on the other end that if you want to generate cash flow, what do you invest in? A savings account? That sucks, right? You get mostly eroded by inflation and taxes. What else do you have? You have second mortgages that you can lend out, which in my opinion are, you know, are, are tax ineffective and in my opinion, uh, more risk than I'd like to take on. You have mutual funds, which 90% of them are not able to beat their respective indexes. So there's not a lot of options other than real estate. It's out of the real RSPs? estate. Pardon me? RSPs. RSPs is a vehicle. What goes in that vehicle, right? You know, in your RSPs, you, 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 you buy stocks, you buy mutual funds, what in, and also that, that won't generate your cash flow because RSPs are all over that either as well. Right. You know? Yeah. Like you, like for example, if you, let's say you, 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 you invest in a bunch of second mortgages in your RSP tax efficient. Yes. Correct. How are you going to pull capital out to live on a day by day basis? You can't because it's a registered plan, which is deferred taxation. So you're in a bit of a bind. You've got the cash coming in there, but you're not able to extract that capital out. And if you do, you're heavily taxed. So you've got to find a mechanism which is going to give you good cash flow, yet the money's not tied up for a while. And that's another advantage to this is the more income you have, the more buying power you have as a real estate investor. I know this because I live it. So here's the one thing for me is that I feel like, I feel like if I really wanted to be good at this, it would take, like, it would take a long time. And, and I don't know if we're going to get into this later, but like, that's sort of where my skepticism, not skepticism, where I have chosen to kind of just go, no, 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 that's not for me. Because I feel like it's going to take a long time for me to understand how to do it properly and be, you know, uh, adverse enough to risk in my knowledge that I'm not going to lose my shirt. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing it on your own. Obviously. Right? Yeah. Um, there's a couple things I'll say to that. Uh, a, just like anything else good in your life that you want, there has to be a certain level of effort put into it. You want to learn about real estate? Like I spent eight years, I believe, in rain. 
right? And I learned, I went to how many acre meetings I went to and I learned and I learned and I learned. I learned to buy real estate the right way. Did it, did it require effort? Absolutely required effort. The stock market is no different. You know, the one thing I will say though is we have uh, run three courses so far and we've had about 450 students go through our courses. We started this business about six months ago, uh, which is actually actively teaching people uh, the methodology that we use to trade. You got to put in the effort. There's no getting around that. If you want to learn how to make money, like think of how much time people put into side hustles in terms of, you know, doing a, some job or opening another company. People put tons of selling stuff on, 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 on Amazon. People put in all kinds of effort. There is an effort, but we have taught people from every walk of life that you can think of truck drivers, doctors, nurses, teachers, you know, everything. I think that if any of those people from any of those professions can learn to do this profitably, effectively with zero background, I think anyone's capable of learning how to do this. The main thing though, however, is one has to be open-minded and one has to want it. You have to want to succeed in life. There's no getting around that one. So you're right. You're going to have to put an effort, but I think Rob, to answer your question, I think if you put in about a hundred hours of solid effort in terms of learning and practicing, I think you'll be up to pretty good skill level. And remember, then you have a skill set for the rest of your life that nobody can take away from you that you can generate cash flow forever. Uh, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good trade-off, in my opinion. Let's talk about what kind of uh, w- returns we're looking at. What ta- what kind of cash flow are we looking? Why don't at? we talk about what it is too? I don't know if we've really addressed <laughs> what it is yet. I think we. I think I'd like to know that too. Yeah. Returns, and then what what we've touched on it. We've maybe teased it a bit, but what is? It's stock option investing. Is that, is that the right wording? Yeah. It's basically, um, it's you're not just your typical day to day stock. Training. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it's actually far safer. Uh, it's safer and it's uh, more effective. Uh, so here's, here's, here's how it works. Think about it this way. Okay. So what we do in the stock market is we basically insure stocks we want to buy anyways. And as you know, if you walk down a major city in North America, you look at the biggest buildings, a lot of them are insurance companies, right? Uh, think about yourselves. How much money have you guys paid into insurance companies for your properties over the years? A lot? Can't even add it up. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I couldn't even add it up. It's been, it's been astronomical what I've paid and I've never had a claim. You know, knock on wood, hopefully I never have one. So what we do basically is we insure stocks, but stocks we want to buy anyways. So I'll give you, I'll give you a real estate analogy on this one, okay? So let's say you, you come across a duplex. Let's say hypothetically it costs 500 grand, okay? And you're like, you know what? The cash flow makes sense at 500 grand. I like, the, I like the location. All the other things will all check out. Okay. Now you say to the person who's selling the property, you say, you know what? In a month and a half from now, I'll guarantee you to buy your property for $490,000, even though the market value today is $500,000. But because I'm agreeing to buy it for 490 grand, you're going to pay me a $10,000 insurance premium. But that guarantees you a minimum buy price of 490. Now, even if that property drops to 480 or 470, I still have to buy it for 490. But remember, I got paid $10,000. The reason this is a win-win for me is because I was more than happy to pay 500 for the property. So to be able to get it for 490 and keep the 10 grand, that is a huge advantage. And as long as that property stays above the 490 grand for the for the for the let's say four uh, for let's say six weeks, theoretically, the insurance period. If it stays above 490 grand, then I just keep the $10,000 insurance premium. And I do it again next month. And I insure it again next month and collect, let's say another $10,000. Now I've got 20 grand. And my worst case scenario 
is I get to buy a property at a discounted price. That's my worst case scenario. I can live with that level of risk. Wouldn't so we take almost like if we're going to use this analogy, let me interrupt for a second. I'm playing yeah. devil's advocate here. Okay. Yeah. So that's like, so here's, here's, here's the way I look at it then. So somebody's burned the garage down and now I've got to pay $4.90 for it because, uh, I mean, that, because it's the, the, the stock value has dropped to the point where you, you are forced to buy it because it's dropped past that insurance point, right? That's correct. Okay. But, so, but the reason, the, the reason I don't care and it's a win-win is because I would have paid 500 anyways. The numbers for me made sense at 500. They make more sense at 490. They make even more sense when I get paid $10,000 on top of the 490. So even if I have to buy it for 490, my real cost is 480,000 because I got paid the $10,000 insurance. And it's not a question of uh, garages burning down in the, in, the, in the stock market. It could be, you know, like what's going on right now, this coronavirus, which is going on, right? So this virus is causing a lot of stocks to decline in value. Well, that's an excellent opportunity for me to go in and scoop up some pretty cheap stocks because this coronavirus will eventually, you know, again, knock on wood, hopefully be over soon enough. And, you know, life will resume back to normal as it always does. Uh, and that gives us a huge advantage. So what you're doing is basically you're insuring these stocks over and over again that you want to buy anyways. And the same thing happens. Like, for example, Rob, let me ask you a question. If you could buy a house that you wanted to buy, let's say a duplex for 500 grand and you got agreed to buy it for 490 and you got paid $10,000, would you take that deal? I would. But in your scenario, the market has dropped and all the rest of the houses around are cheaper now. That's so, correct. So, so at that point in time, I, and, and because I don't understand that this is where I'm standing. So now I'm forced to buy something that is above market value. I know I've gotten an incentive before, but let's say that 10 grand isn't enough. Like I, I just don't understand it fully quite yet. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. My point is you would have bought the house for 500 anyways. What happens subsequent to that is irrelevant. So let's say you buy a duplex for 500,000, but then the spring market doesn't quite pan out and it goes down to 470,000. It doesn't matter because you would have paid 500 for it anyways. It's the time that you were looking at it. So at the time that you were looking at it, I see your point. Yeah. yeah so it, it, so for us, it becomes a win-win situation. We also buy, we also invest in stocks that we believe eventually will recover in value. So in, in that, in that real estate example, if you're, if that house went down to, let's say 470 grand and your real cost is 490 minus the 10, which is 480. We believe that over time, because we bought the right underlying asset, that duplex, that eventually it'll return to $500,000 in value. It'll eventually go back up. It will not go to zero or, you know, go down to keep going down. We believe in quality and I mean very high quality stocks. The stocks that we uh, write, uh, write options on are all household names that you've heard of. Um, so that's, that's what you're doing. It's basically, you're kind of fishing with dynamite. You're giving yourself a major advantage in terms of you're insuring stuff that you want to do anyways. So again, I want to go back to that real estate analogy. If it's a $500,000 house and I want to buy it at 500,000, irrespective of the, if, if, if let, let's say for example, in April of 2017, that was the uh, peak, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's say you bought that $500,000 duplex then and it went down to 460,000, let's say theoretically. Which happened which, for sure. Yeah. Which happened for sure. Yeah. And, and, and that'll happen again in the future. Same thing. It doesn't matter because you would have bought it for 500 anyways. You can go back and say, oh, well, a year later it was worth 460. It might have been, but you, the, the time that you were making that decision, it was worth 500 and that's, that's the decision that you went with. So for you, 
Normally you would have bought it for 500. It would have gone down to 460. You'd have been down 40 grand, which a lot of people are or, or were, were right now. At least you got it to 480,000, correct? At least you got the $10,000 discount. Plus you were able to buy it for 490. So you're far better off than that you were in the first place. Correct. And, yeah. okay. and you can, you can hold now you can hold this asset and wait for it to recover back to $500,000. That's one thing you can do. Another thing you can do is you can also say, you know what? I want to sell this property for $500,000. So I'm going to say, you know what? I bought it for $490,000. I got $10,000 insurance. Now I want to sell it for $500,000. And now I get paid another $10,000 insurance premium for that. So now my cost is down to four hundred and seventy dollars And if it doesn't reach $500,000 next month, then I'll do it again the next month and I'll get paid again another $10,000. And now my cost is down to $460,000. And if it doesn't reach 500,000, I'll do it again next month and collect another 10,000. And now my cost is down to 450,000. So because I keep insuring these properties, uh, whether I want to buy them or sell them, and I keep collecting these premiums, I keep reducing my cost of acquiring that property. And it keeps going down. But I believe that the stock long-term is going to go back up again or the, or the investment property. So I'm more than happy to hold it and let it cash flow. It's the exact same thing on the stock market. So you've got insurance on it, whether you're buying or selling. And I, so let's talk about the sell side insurance. Cause I don't quite understand that. Yep. Give me a uh, rub. Give me a, give me a stock that you like. Let's just go with Pepsi. First thing that popped into my head. Okay. So Pepsi, uh, I don't trade Pepsi, uh, but I do trade, let's say for example, Coca-Cola. Okay. Let's go with that. Yeah. Okay. So Coca-Cola, let's say is at $57. Okay. Let's say I go in next month. I'm happy to buy it for $57, okay? Warren Buffett is one of the biggest shareholders in the world of Coca-Cola. It's been around since the 1800s. It's been around so long that they used to put cocaine in Coca-Cola, right? <laughs> Think of how long that's been. So it's been around in, since the 1800s. They've never missed a dividend payment. They keep increasing their dividends. And dividends is your portion of basically of profits uh, after everything is uh, paid for. It's your portion of the profits. Now, let's say that stock is at $57. I like it at $57. But I say, you know what, in, 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 let's say in the second week of March, I'm going to agree to buy it for 55 bucks. Okay. So I'm going to get a $2 discount. And let's say someone's going to pay me a, a dollar for that. If Coke goes down to $55, then I'll have to buy it. If it doesn't go to 55, if it stays anywhere above 55, I just keep the $1 insurance. And then I'll do it again next month and I'll collect another $1 insurance. So how many and I'll do it again and collect it again. How many shares would we be talking about for something like this? Well, it has to be a minimum of 100 shares. So 100 shares of Coca-Cola cost $57 times 100. That's 5,700 US dollars. So, so, if, so if it does drop down, you've got to come up with the 5,700 to buy it out. Well, I would have to come up with 5,500 because I insured it at 55 right. and I got paid hundred dollars. So it actually have to come up with $5,400. Yes, that's correct. Okay. And the, but then you would own the stock then I would own the stock and I would not just own a stock. I would own a Coca-Cola stock and that too at a discount. And then what I would do is I would turn around and say, you know what? I'm going to sell it for 55, the same price I bought it for. Now I'm going to get paid insurance again for agreeing to sell it for the same price that I bought it for. So now I've said, you know what? I'm going to sell it for 55 bucks. Pay me again. So even if it goes to 57 or 58, I'll have to sell it for 55. So I guess this is the part I don't understand because if you're agreeing to sell it for 55, then that like, what is the, what is the trigger for that? 
the trigger for that is, let's say, for example, I, I, the stock was 57. It went down to 54. I had to buy it for 55, correct? Yeah. But remember, I got paid the $1. So now I'm at 54. Now the stock's at 54. And I'm going to say, you know what? I'm happy selling it for the same price I bought it for, which is 55. And then I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to insure it again, which is called a covered call, okay? Meaning I'm going to say, even if it goes to 57, 58, 59, 60, I still have to sell it for 55. I don't mind selling it for 55 because it's the same price that I bought it for. But in the meantime, I collected $2 on the insurance, which becomes a nice healthy 4% roughly return in a couple months. And the stock price really didn't go anywhere. So I made a good buck, but the stock price didn't go anywhere. And what's my worst case scenario? I own Coke. I can live with that. Yeah. Any questions there, Sandy? <laughs> I mean, I think it's great. We're learning here as we go. So this is awesome. Um, I, I hope the listeners are learning some stuff too. I want to know what, you know, cause a lot of the hype around this is the fact that you don't have to spend too much time on it. So what's a typical day look like for you? Um, you know, when you're, when you're quote unquote working, yeah. <laughs> are, are you working much at this or is it pretty easy? Yeah. That's one of the beautiful things about this because it doesn't take a lot of time. You know, we trade between 10 to 15 stocks so that, you know, we know them like the back of our hand. Um, you know, I know when the dividend dates are, when the earnings dates are, how well the companies run. Uh, it's kind of like specializing in real estate in a certain geographic location. You know what city hall is doing, you know, the infrastructure projects, you know, everything that's going on. You can't, you can't be, it's hard to be a master at, of many different, you know, types of properties in different locations. So we stick to the biggest and best companies that we understand that we don't mind owning. So what happens typically in a day you get up, read the news about the market, see what's going on. And then between 10 and 10.30, I trade. And between 3.30 and 4. Those are the two times that I really trade. I look at the market, see what's going on. And if I see a good opportunity, I'll then go ahead and put my trades in and, and, and make a few bucks and wait. And is that because of that time, because of your schedule or because of the markets? No, that's because the markets, between uh, 9.30 and 10, the markets are, you know, they're all over the map. They're going, they're, they're kind of finding a direction. So between, after 10, they kind of settle down. So between 10 and 10.30, I might spend about 15 minutes, you know, looking at the market, seeing the stocks so that I can, that I can uh, write puts on. And then at 3.30 to 4, the same thing again, I'll go in there and say, okay, well, you know, Visa's down $3. It's an excellent opportunity for me to go in and, and, and get Visa at a discounted price here. I'll go ahead and do so. Does that make sense? I'll give you an example of a, I'll give you an example of a trade I did uh, uh, a couple days ago, okay? Sure thing. Sounds good. Yeah. Everyone, you heard of a company called Apple? I might have heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So everyone's heard of Apple. All right. So here's an Apple traded a couple of days. Okay. So Apple was trading at $315, $318. Okay. I went in there. I said, you know what? I like Apple for $318, but I'm going to agree to buy it for $287 and 50 cents. I'm showing it to, to Sandy right now. Okay. So on March 6th, I'm going to say, you know what? On or before March 6th, I'm going to buy Apple for $287. So what I'm doing is I'm agreeing that no matter where Apple price goes below 287, I got to buy it for 287. Even if it goes to $1, I still have to buy it for 287. The reason I'm comfortable with that is because I know Apple. I know how much money they make. Warren Buffett is the biggest shareholder of Apple in the world. And generally when he does something, you know, I'm not the brightest guy. I just try to copy off some people who are, you know, more, uh, uh, more successful. We all do this, right? Why try to reinvent the wheel? So 
now I go in and share this property. So now the, the, sorry, the stock 318 to $287. That's about uh, 30 bucks, right? $31 discount. Yeah. So if Apple goes down by $31 before March 6th, I'll have to buy it. I'm happy to buy it for 318. I'm far happier to buy it for a $31 discount, right? Cause I believe in the stock. For that, I got paid $464, which is $4.64 per share. And all I had to do was agree to buy a stock that I wanted to buy anyways at a $31 discount. I got paid $4.64 per share on that. Now, a couple days uh, yesterday, Apple had their earnings announcement and they sold a record number of iPhones and the streaming service and their AirBuds and all the other stuff they did. And the earnings came out pretty good and the stock went up a little bit and my insurance that I wrote is since it's now further away from the price is almost worthless. It's worth currently $118. I got paid uh, 464. So my profit on this particular trade so far has been 346 US dollars. And what did I really do? I agreed to buy a stock that I wanted to buy anyways at a $31 discount. To me, that's a great deal. I get to buy a stock for almost 10% off. And I got paid over, uh, you know, uh, one and a half percent on top of the, of the, of the 10% discount. So in the end of the day, I'm getting almost a 12% discount on a stock I want to buy anyways. And as long as it stays above 287, I just keep the entire insurance premium. And then I'm going to, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to wait for this to expire or buy it back. And then next month I'll insure Apple again and I'll get paid all over again. And then I'll do it again next month and next month and next month. So it doesn't take a lot of time either. So explain the timeline for the, uh, for the option, how that works. Options, you know, they can, they can vary anywhere from one day to, you know, years out. Uh, we typically write insurance payments about 45 days away. So it means we'll agree to buy a certain stock for about 45 days from now because there's something called FEDA. And the reason we call it a FEDA trading corp is because, Theta is the erosion of the value. So remember, we're selling insurance. So we're selling an option. We're selling insurance. Every single day, because simply time is passing, the value of that option or the insurance is going down every single day, just because time is passing. Because remember, we're only insuring it for 45 days. So obviously on the 44th day, it'll be almost worthless, correct? Just because time has passed. So as long as time continues to pass, the insurance continues to go down in value. And if I do have to use the insurance and I have to uh, obligate myself the insurance, what happens? I bought Apple at a $31 discount and I got paid $4. So really I got a $35 discount on one of the best companies in the world. I can live with that level of risk. So who dictates the, uh, the parameters of the option? Like well, that's uh, dictated on, on the exchange. So you go on the exchange, you'll see exactly what someone's willing to pay for it and what someone's willing to buy it for. Uh, sorry, sell it for, right? So it's just like a bid. Uh, same thing when you go to a house, you'll see the listing price and then you'll have your bids come in. And that's the same thing in the stock market. You have your bids and you have your asks. It's, like, it's just like an asking price and what someone's willing to pay for it. And you kind of have to negotiate all electronically, of course. And then once you reach an agreement, it goes through instantly. And uh, now, you're, now you're obligated to buy a certain stock for a certain period of time at a substantial discount. So it'll, it'll show you someone's looking for this insurance. Yeah, yeah. People, now, now you might ask, now when you, when you write insurance, you're going to win. To me, it's a win-win because either I get the insurance premium and I get the stock at a cheap price 
or I just collect the insurance premium and I do it again next month and collect it. So for, for me, it's a win-win. It doesn't matter which scenario occurs. Either I own the stock at a discounted price, which is a win, or I keep the insurance premium. That's also a win. Either scenario for me is a win. Now you might ask, okay, who's buying, the, who's buying this insurance, right? Two types of people buy this insurance. One is the speculator, people who like to gamble, right? People like, oh, you know, they're going to buy this insurance. You know what they're hoping for in this particular situation? The one, the Apple scenario I went to, they're hoping that Apple goes from 318 below 287. And then they have to cover the additional $4 and 64 cents on top of that. So for them, Apple has to drop to about $283, call it roughly, about $283, excuse me. Apple has to drop from 318 all the way down to 283 in 45 days for them to even make a dime. To me, that's a terrible bet. I would not take that, I would not take that, uh, that, that deal on. However, I'm more than happy to take the other side of that deal, which is to insure a stock I want to buy anyways. And that is a substantial discount. So there's people that spend their day um, just betting against companies almost. Yeah, yeah, that's so, absolutely. So you'll find better. You'll find better options where the payout is like where the spread is bigger on on stocks that aren't necessarily doing as well. That's what you're yeah, saying. yeah. You'll you'll they, the more volatile a stock is, the the greater the payout. So it's same thing with insurance premiums. The more risky a uh, uh, the underlying asset is or your property is, the more the insurance premium costs. So if you're in a high, you know, a high theft neighborhood or a lot of vandalism, your insurance premium is going to be higher. Same thing with the stock market. That's why we only go for the best companies. Although we might get paid a little bit less. Mm -hmm. The thing is we know that, okay, if we have to hold Apple, we believe that eventually it'll go back to its value that whatever purchase, whatever price we purchase at. The first goal of investing is very simple. Don't lose your money. The second goal of investing, the second rule is to not forget rule number one. Very simple. So again, let's say we insure a basket of 10 stocks, all at discounts, and the market goes down. Well, what's our worst case scenario? We own these 10 stocks, that two at a discount. We believe that if we have to hold these 10 stocks, we can write covered calls, which means that we can agree to sell them on the upside and collect premium again. We collect our dividends and we wait for the stock to rebound to the price that we wanted to. And in the meantime, we made a boatload of money. And that's if things go bad. If things go well, we just collect the insurance premium and we move on and we do it again next month and next month and next month. And, what, <laughs> and I'm sure you've kept track of this. Over your career, what is the ratio of options being called and, and, and premiums being paid out? Um, I'd say about 20 to 30% of the time, you'll have to probably buy the stock. Um, and the other 70 to 80% of the time, you just collect the insurance premium and move on and do it again next month. Now, remember, even if you have to buy the stock, it's not the end of the world. No, I was just curious, right? I just wanted to know like what that yeah. looked like. Yeah, so it's, 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 it could be whatever ratio you decide it to be, right? So for example, if you decide to get into riskier stocks, which we don't do, uh, that ratio could be 50-50. Sure. It could be 30-70 the other way, right? Where you have to buy it 70% of the time. So safely, you like it to be somewhere around 70, 30. 70 to, it's, I'd say 70 to 80% of the time, we'd like to make sure that we don't own the stock. But if we do own the stock, we don't mind owning the stock. It's, we're happy to own it. So for yeah. us, either scenario is a win-win. And that's the situation you have to put yourself. Imagine you could do this with real estate. If I could do this with real estate, I would do it on every single property I purchased. If I saw a million dollar property and I went to the guy, you know what? I'll buy it for you from next month 
for 975,000. The guy's like, okay, I'll pay you 25 grand for that. I'll be like, I'll take that deal any day True. because I want to buy it for a million anyways. So for me to buy it for 975 and collect 25 is a great deal. Now, if it doesn't go to 975, I just keep the 25 grand and I do it again next month. I insure it again next month, collect another 25 grand. Now all of a sudden I got $50,000, right? So it becomes a, a, a huge advantage. And the cool thing is it takes 30 minutes a day and it's mostly cash flow. And this really helps supplement income when you have a, uh, a, you know, a top heavy real estate uh, uh, investment, you know, let's say spectrum, because I have a lot of real estate. Real estate's poor cash flow. This helps supplement the cash flow very nicely. It boosts up the income, which will allow you to go to your bank and say, hey, look, I got an extra additional income source. Uh, now, you're lending, now your buying power has gone up, right? So now you're able to, not only has your buying power gone up, you've got more liquid cash available, which means your rate of acquisition can, can increase on the real estate side. It's, remember this, there's much more than one way to skin a cat. The problem with, with the stock market is it's mostly misunderstood. 99% of people who teach you about the stock market are frauds. You know, they're looking to make you a quick buck. You know, they're, they're, they'll, they'll tell you they can take, you know, you hear all these uh, Bitcoin and Forex and binary options. These are all get rich quick creams. It's take $5,000 and turn it into a hundred grand. That's not at all what- This is not going to get you rich overnight. This is not going to get you rich overnight. It, the ret like, you know, we make some pretty good returns, but it's not, you're not going to take $5,000 and turn it into a hundred. That's not going to happen, right? Because we're insuring things. We're not going for a home run. I guess I'll give you a baseball analogy, okay? Baseball analogies, all we do is hit singles and get walks, right? We don't hit any doubles or triples or home runs, but we get on base a lot, 70 to 80% of the time, okay? Therefore, we score a lot of runs and we win a lot of ball games. Does that make sense? There is no grand slam, really. There is no you grand no slam. Chance at yeah, yeah, you have no chance at a grand slam, yeah, yeah which is probably why people won't do, maybe won't do it. Some people, if they're not, if they're that mindset, right. But the people that are probably savvy or long-term real estate investors maybe might think differently because they, I don't know, I'm, as a real estate investor too, I love singles and walks and that I think sure. most people look for the grand slams and they wait around for three years before they ever take action. Right? Yeah. At the end of the day, it's about winning games, right? Not, not who, who hit the longest home run. It's about winning games. How do you win games? You get on base. That's how you win games. All we do is get on base over and over and over again. And we score a lot of runs. So that's the baseball analogy, if that makes sense to you, Rob. So how would stock trading, stock option trading, make you a better investor? Well, you'll know, for example, if you know what your return on the stock market is versus a, a comparable property, you'll know where to allocate capital, right? Sometimes the stock market is overvalued. Sometimes the real estate market is overvalued. Like, for example, if you're looking at real estate and you're, just, you're not finding cash flow, are you going to squeeze the deal in for the sake of doing a deal? Is that the right thing to do? I would argue it isn't, right? There's always deals to be had, but some deals, would you agree that some market environments are better than others? Absolutely. I would agree. Right. Now, if you see that the real estate market environment is not ideal, then you say, you know what? I'm going to put more money in my, in my, in my stocks, in my, in my option account. Now, when the stock market is high and you're not finding the greatest deals, you can take out a bunch of your capital and, and allocate it towards real estate. It gives you a lot more flexibility because now you will understand two revenue streams you will understand two different ideas, two major asset categories of how to allocate capital. You'll know, okay, there's, right now the stock market is presenting a better deal. In a year from now, the real estate market could be presenting a better deal and you'll know how to allocate your capital accordingly. I will guarantee you this though, if you learn it the right way and you start becoming profitable, you will 
be able to buy more real estate because simply because your income will go up and you'll have more cash to deploy into real estate. Well, here's a question. Um, let, let's say you're looking at whatever, whatever times it was that you said those two half hour periods, right? Yeah. I probably trade 15 minutes of each of those periods. So yeah. Okay. So the first 15 minutes you spend just like looking at what's going on and then the, the next 15 minutes you're, you're doing a couple of trades or whatever it is, buying some of these options. Um, selling options. Selling the options, sorry. Right. Yeah. Selling the options. So yeah. let's say Sandy's on there at the same time as you. Now, is it a race for like that, that, that option comes up that you like and you go, you know, you know what, I can do that one. And now you click on it, it's gone. Is that how it works? No, no, it's, it's, it, 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 that is how it works. But I can assure you of Sandy and I and every other person that you and I know do it simultaneously. We won't even make a dent. That's how big the market is. Okay. So, so there's a whole bunch of people looking for that same one with the same parameters. All that stuff is the same. Yeah. You know what amazes me when I see the people who buy these options? Well, we sell them. I, they're doing it for two reasons. They're either speculating, okay, or they're hedging, meaning some somebody says, you know what, I need my Apple stock no matter what because I have to sell it because I have to buy, you know, a house. Let's say, I got to make sure that my Apple stock is worth at minimum two hundred eighty-seven dollars by this time frame. So they'll buy insurance on it. That's one type of person who buys it. The other type of person is someone who's speculating. Okay, and you may ask yourself, why are people speculating? I do not to this day know the answer to that. I'm thinking for uh, Apple, why are they expecting Apple's going to go to right, right. So they're expecting Apple to go down thirty-one dollars plus the four dollars and sixty-four cents they paid me. So they're expecting Apple to go down about 30, 36 bucks almost, right? And you're thinking, my God, why would you take a bet on Apple going down thirty-six bucks the next forty-five days? That's a very, very specific bet. It's a and your odds are heavily stacked against you, heavily. Why would you take this bet? And then I go to, you know, like you'll drive by a Casino Niagara or, you know, some other casino and it's full, right? It's full of people. And you're thinking the numbers, the statistics tell you, you, the longer you stay here, the more money you will lose. Okay. Yet those casinos are full of people. Look at Vegas. Vegas is full of people willing to lose their money. So every time someone asks me is why is someone willing to take the other side of this deal? I don't know. I wouldn't do it. But I can assure you, there are plenty of people who are more than happy to take that deal, which to me is mind-boggling. But I also find it mind-boggling that somebody would go to uh, you know, Vegas and spend uh, you know, 10 hours at the blackjack table and lose 10 grand. To me, that makes no sense. I would never do that because the odds and statistics, the probabilities are not in my favor. Therefore, I will not do it. The reason I do this is because the odds and probabilities are heavily in my favor to hit singles and walks and stuff. The yeah. Other, other groups probably they're looking for something big. Maybe. They're looking for something big. They're looking to take that 10 grand and then turn it into a hundred, right? That's not our deal. So our deal is to take 10 and grow it slowly over time. So here's a question for you. Yep. Wouldn't it be more in my best interest? And I know that this scenario doesn't necessarily exist for me to go, call you up in the morning and be like, yo, Omar, what are you doing today? What looks good? I'm doing this and this. Great. Talk to you tomorrow. There. I don't even have to take the course. I don't even have to know what I'm doing. Yeah. That, that is, that is, well, I, I, that is a, that is a, you could definitely do that. We have, you know, in the course that we offer, we offer 12 months of support, which includes a daily newsletter, which highlights some of our trades for the day. 
but apart from that, we cannot give stock advice. This is an educational platform. We can't tell you what I'm doing. We can't tell you what to do, what not to do. That is entirely your choice. So for example, I can tell you that I wrote a put on Apple. I insured Apple. You may decide I don't like Apple. I'd like to do something else. That's entirely yours. Mm -hmm. That's why the education is so important. Um, Again, it's just like real estate. When you, when you wanted to learn, you want for you want to get in shape. What do you got to do? Eat well, work out, be disciplined, right? You got to put in the work. You want to get a good real estate? You got to educate yourself. You got to do tours. You got to do, uh, go to city hall, find out about infrastructure projects. You got to do all those things. Same thing with this. You want to be good at it? You got to put in the effort. So you could do that theoretically and just copy things blindly, but then you won't know why you're doing it. I would recommend not doing it that way. Or, or yeah, and at the same time, I guess I could disagree with what some of what you're doing and say, yeah, I am that guy that wants to bet that Apple's going to go down $38 or whatever the heck it is. You could be, but I, 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 can, I, I can tell you, Rob, that things probably won't work out so well for you if, you, if you're that guy. So uh, okay. I highly encourage you not to be that guy. What questions do we have here? We've went way off of the questions, which is fine. They're <laughs> just a guideline, but I think we've learned. I thought we that. might with this one. I thought we might with yeah. this one. Um, well, how about, how about, you know, what's, uh, what are a couple of challenges that people might face when starting up? It's not, I know I need some work and things like that. Are there any other challenges maybe that you went through to get to where you are now or that people, a general person who's going to get involved in this might uh, expect to, to come across? Yeah, just like everything else is a learning curve, right? So the learning curve, in my opinion, is about 100 hours. Uh, that's what you're going to go through. You, you're going to get in what you put into it. You put in the effort, you're going to learn a lifelong skill. And who doesn't want to learn a lifelong skill where they can make pretty good money insuring stocks they want to buy anyways. Who doesn't want to learn that skill? My point is if you want to learn, yeah, you got to put in the effort. There's, there are challenges that way and, and there's a learning curve and you have to learn a whole new thing. I remember I came from the real uh, the stock market world. I learned about real estate. If I can learn about real estate, you know, I would encourage other people that yes, you can learn about the stock market. You can learn the right way to trade. And I'll give, just to give you another, uh, in 2018, okay? If you look at the Berkshire Hathaway annual report, Warren Buffett's company is called Berkshire Hathaway. It's, uh, so that's the company he owns, Berkshire Hathaway, okay? In there, they have something called uh, contractual uh, uh, obligation, uh, liability obligation, something along those lines. It's a fancy word for naked put, basically. Uh, derivative obligation. So it's contractual de- derivative obligation. Uh, so I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But I know the amount. The amount that Warren Buffett made insuring stocks he wanted to buy anyways, that year was $2.452 billion. So he likes American Express. He likes Apple. He likes Coke. He likes Nike. He likes Bank of America. If he likes these stocks, why would he not go and say, I'll buy them for slightly below their market value and I'll get paid insurance on those. And he gets, like I said, 2.45 billion. If it's working for that guy, it's, I'd, that's a strategy I'd like to employ as well. And so that's why we started this course to teach people how to do this the right way. I want to just uh, go off my uh, business partner and I, we have been teaching people this, you know, friends and family over the years for free. So we just like, Hey, read this book and I'll ask me some questions and I'll get you going on it. And we taught about 55 people or so roughly. And then some of these people were making tons of money, which I knew they would. Eventually, when they got the whole, when they got the hang of it, over the longer, you know. That, what, now, some of these guys are making, like I said, a lot of money. 
And we're thinking, we're getting more and more people asking us how to, teach, how to, how to learn this. Uh, so six months ago, we started this company called Theta Trading Company. And the sole purpose is to alleviate financial illiteracy. Financial illiteracy caused a lot of problems in my life. I didn't know what to do because it wasn't taught in school. I went to the, one of the best schools in the world for an economics degree, U of T. It's one of the best rated economics programs in the world. I, didn't, I came out financially literate because the curriculum, it doesn't teach you how to buy real estate. It doesn't teach you how to invest in the stock market. Illiterate, market. you said, right? Illiterate, illiterate. yeah, illiterate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? It's, is that crazy? To me, that's mind-boggling. Yeah. Why was I not taught this stuff, right? It's because we're geared towards to, to, to be employees, right? The system wants you to, 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 to go there, get a job, shut up, you know, put money in your RSP and retire when you're 65. I don't like that plan. You know, I like to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And I don't want to think about money in terms of uh, if I'm spending something or if I'm buying something, I don't want to think about these things. So when you don't want the conventional approach, you have to take an unconventional uh, approach to handling that. And for me, that was the real estate market and the options market. And it's giving me my financial freedom. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, you've answered a lot of questions, definitely, that, you know, I had for sure. Um, let's talk about the training course. So, I mean, how can people get how can people attend the training course? Uh, so you can attend the training course uh, a couple ways. You can, you can uh, do it online or actually I'll, I'll, I'll come back to this in a, in a, in a, in a second. Um, I just want to maybe just, if you don't mind, uh, tackle a, a couple of the other questions before I'll just leave that one towards the end of that. If you're okay with that, are you okay with that Rob? Sure thing. What did we miss? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you guys want to know a little bit about returns, right? I was gonna. I was. I was. I was thinking that a couple months ago. You mentioned that way earlier, right? Yeah, um, I did. Love right. to know. You know, this is all well and great, but if people are gonna get three percent return, it's not that exciting. So what's what's? No, remember, three percent a month. Okay, three percent uh, a month's not bad. Right, right. That adds up quite nicely on the compound. Give us, a, give us an idea of the returns and what people can expect, or what, however much you can disclose on that. Yeah, we obviously you can't guarantee any returns. It's like you can't guarantee a return on the, on the real estate market, right? We typically shoot for one to four percent a month. Um, some years are better than the better than others. Last year, for example, I think we did just around sixty percent uh, return. Can you imagine making sixty percent working half an hour a day? Not so bad, right? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we do, let's say thirty, thirty-five, forty, fifty percent a year, we're pretty happy with it because remember, our downside is simply owning high-quality stocks that we want to buy, anyways. So the returns can be pretty good if you're making one to four percent a month cash flow. Uh, you got to, let's say a million dollar portfolio, that's 10 to 40 grand a month. Now that doesn't mean it's going to work out every single month, but in the long, in the long run, if that's what you're, if that's the targeting return that you're going for in the long run, we have met our return objectives. And to me, those are phenomenal returns for putting in half hour a day into a very liquid asset category. It's not like real estate where I have to find a buyer. Then there's a, then there's a, you know, got to do a phase one and we have to do a phase two. Then we have to have, you know, then we have to, then the bank has to get the approval done. And then I have to, then I, then, then there's a closing process. It's nowhere near as illiquid as real estate. And I love real estate. Don't get me wrong. I'm just telling you that they're very different asset categories. One's very liquid, has a lot of cash flow. One's illiquid, semi-illiquid anyways, real estate, and has not so good cash flow. Together, they work very well together. But the tragedy is most people only understand real estate. I'd say if I asked a thousand people on the road, you know, a thousand random people. What exactly 
is the options market and how can you make money from it? I would be shocked if one person out of a thousand knew what the hell I was talking about. Stocks is easy. It's Stocks generic. is easy. Stock yeah. options a little bit more specific, a little more niche when uh, definitely not understood by the public. I agree. Correct. So in this, so I like the numbers there because I'm thinking now, okay, average real estate returns, maybe 4% a year, maybe five would be probably like, uh, you know, we might get a lot more than that. We have in the last little bit, but that's maybe an average. But that's on, that's on, a, that's on, a, that's on an unlevered basis, right? On a levered basis, let's say you're levered at 30%. For sure. It's going to be a substantially higher return plus your mortgage pay down plus your cash flow. Yeah, absolutely. And you're going to pay down maybe 3% yeah, um, maybe a year 3%. roughly, something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. So you're getting, yeah, even even if you bought it all cash, you're getting 4%, let's say 5% return a year, you're getting 3% pay down, or no no pay down, I guess in that case. No pay down, but you get more but cash flow. More cash flow, but all that said, you're, you're also, if you tack on this now, now add on the fact you're going to get, you know, people talk about cash flow in real estate and it's possible, but it's also not not very typical for, at least for the BERT, by renovated finance strategy that we yep. do, right? So add that in, now you're getting another, let's say you're getting even 2 or 3% a month. Yeah, let's say for example you got a five hundred thousand dollars over a year. That's pretty. That's a good add-on. I, I would suggest it could be it could be substantially higher than that. Let's say you got a five hundred thousand dollars portfolio and I do three percent a month. Right. That's fifteen thousand dollars a month cash flow. Right. That fifteen thousand dollars adds up real quick and allows me to buy more real estate. So how much do you need? Actually, that's another good question. I think a lot of people I've I've been, people have asked me about that in regards to the strategy. And what do you? Um, I'm sure it varies, and there's no maybe real need. But what do you? What kind of numbers? should someone have to get started in this? Uh, or the better, maybe, yeah, that's, that's really what it boils down to. The, the, the more you have, the more you're able to make. That's really what it boils down to. The more you have, the more you can make. So for example, if you know, just the same thing with real estate, if you got a $10,000 pot to start off with real estate, you know, you're going to be limited in what you can buy, right? Same thing with this. You got 10,000. Well, you're going to be limited. I would argue something else though. I would argue the knowledge is far more valuable than the money because nobody can take knowledge away from you. You're eventually going to have the money. But if you learn the knowledge, like for example, you can learn how to, to trade the right way and just trade on a paper account, meaning everything else is real except for the money. You can get your skill down because eventually you might have a refinance that's due in a year or two and you can pull some capital out. Well, when you can pull that capital out, then you can actually deploy what you've learned. So the short answer to that is the more you have, the more you're able to make. Um, what are your goals for next 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 year, next five years? Um, are you focused a lot on this training courses? Are you focused a lot on your own portfolio, a bit of everything? Yeah. So the goal for the next few years is, like I said, like I said earlier, I was the victim of financial literacy. You know, no one. I had to learn all this stuff on my own. Me and my business partner. Our goal is to make sure that other people don't fall victim to financial illiteracy the way we did. It's simply not taught in school, which is a travesty. Um, so our goal is to grow this and we've taught it, like I said, 450 students thus far in the last six months, we're planning on doing, uh, a lot more courses throughout this year. Uh, the feedback we've gotten has been through the roof. It's been phenomenal. I'm, I don't know if you guys have known anyone who've taken the course, uh, but it's been, uh, yeah, 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 lots. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the feedback has been great. The vast majority of these people have made their course fees back. Uh, and then some next five years for me is to grow, uh, the teaching business, uh, to grow my real estate portfolio and to grow my trading account. You know, eventually when your trading account's large enough, you don't need to do anything else. You know, if I, if, if your trading account's $10 million, you know, if I'm doing two, three, four 4% a month, you do the numbers. It's two, three, 400 grand a month. Do you know how much real estate you can buy with that? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can live anywhere you want. You can live anywhere you want. You can trade. Like I have a friend of mine who started trading with us. Yeah, he lives in Perth, Australia. Oh, he doesn't do anything else but trade. Nothing. 
go to the beach, trade, come back home, do it again, over and over again, spend time with those kids. It gives you flexibility in life, right? So my goal for the next five years is to keep trading my, keep taking my trading profits and to continually keep growing my real estate portfolio. And eventually it'll be a point where I don't think I'll want to grow my real estate portfolio anymore. I, you know, you get, I don't know what number that might happen to be, but at some point in time, you're going to say, you know what, let's say you have $50 million of real estate assets. And you're like, I've had enough of real estate. Uh, and then that, at that point in time, it'll be a, a you know, early retirement and just live off my trading account and the cash flow that comes off my real estate. Gives you a lot of flexibility in life. A lot of flexibility. We all like flexibility. Yeah. But rarely do people have it. So let's now, now let's talk about your uh, course, your course that you offer. So how yep. can people learn more about that and, uh, and where do you hold them? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we've, we've held the first, the first course we did, uh, we held it at uh, the Sheridan College in Oakville. And then we did a second course at the University of Toronto Mississauga. And the third course, again, was University of Toronto Mississauga. And then that's the next course as well, the University of Toronto Mississauga. And uh, do you have any dates lined up yet or not quite? Yeah, the or next day, somewhere they can go to see, to see the, where these courses are happening? Yeah, so the, the, the next course in the western part of the GTA is going to be the weekend of March 28th at the University of Toronto Mississauga. Like I've said, we've already taken 450 students through our uh, three courses, the first three courses. Uh, this one is probably going to be a, a larger, you know, a fairly decent sized course. Uh, it's two full days, nine and a half hours each day. You get 12 months of follow-up support, which includes a daily newsletter, eight webinars, and a private face group, Facebook group where we answer questions because there's a learning curve, right? And there's a community feel where you can ask questions. Hey, I didn't get this right. I don't understand that. How did you do this? These are questions that are answered by fellow students, mostly, and also by me and my business partner as well. So the next course we have coming up is March 28th, the weekend of March 28th. Uh, as a promo, you can go to 30minutestocktrader.com. The course is priced for $3,497. And if you enter the discount code breakthrough, so that's breakthrough, B-R-E-A-K through, T-H-R-O-U-G-H, you get $500 off, which will bring it to $29.97. Yeah, and it's two full days uh, of, of training uh, to get you up from a level of knowledge of not understanding at all anything how the stock market works at zero to completely understanding how the market works, how the options market works, and to get you to a point where you can now start making money writing insurance on stocks you want to buy anyways. So again, it's March 28th, and you can go to 30minutestocktrader.com uh, uh, and enter the uh, code breakthrough for $500 off. And hopefully we'll see you on the weekend of March 28th. I'd love to see a bunch of people out there. We've actually found that we've had a lot of success with real estate investors because real estate investors, they all have the same problem. Poor cash flow, lots of assets. You can't live off assets. And they seem to be the ones gravitating it towards the most. I'm, I'm, I encourage your listeners, if you know any friends or family who have taken our course, ask them what they think. You know, that's the best indication there. They'll, they'll tell you how they're doing. And uh, like I said, the vast majority of our, of, of our students who have put in a, an effort have, have more than made back their course money and then some. Some people, uh, like for example, some people have taken the, the, the first course we did in September. You know, one guy made, he's already over $100,000 over $100, he's made since September. Again, because now he gets it. He has a lifelong skill. Nobody can take this away from him. So... 
that's the next course coming up. Okay. So just one last time. It's uh, 30 minute stock trader.com. So the number three zero and then minute stock trader.com. And then use the discount code breakthrough for $500 off. And yeah, hopefully we'll see you at the next course. And that's, uh, you know, if someone's listening to this and it's uh, past that date already, because um, our, st- our show is going to stay up for indefinitely, basically at this point, um, they probably can find another uh, show or another uh, a course date if they're looking around at the same link, most likely. Yeah. So if you want to go to link to our actual company's uh, site, it's uh, thetatradingco.com. So that's T H E. T-A, trading, T-R-A-D-I-N-G, co.com. And that'll give you, uh, you know, all the things that we do, what you're going to learn, uh, video testimonials from people who've taken the course, all the stuff that you would expect. And then you'll, you'll see an option. You can actually take the course online. So if you're not able to attend, you don't live in the area, you can take the exact same course. It's a recording of the course. You can look at it over and over again. You'll get the PowerPoint presentation and you'll get the exact same 12 months follow-up. Uh, it's slightly cheaper, which is great. So you can take it anywhere you want in the world. It really boils down to this. Is do you want to learn something new and do you want to learn, do you want to open your mind to a whole new way to make money? Uh, I would say the people who have, who have taken us up on this offer have been very, very happy thus far. I would encourage more people to do so. And, and it's if, not uh, a get rich quick scheme, which is important because I think a lot of people no, fall for that. No, you're I not going to get rich. That's what makes it so great. Probably. Yeah. You're not going to get rich quickly. Like if you, if you do, you know, like I said, one to 4% a month, that's fantastic. You're, you're not going to, there's not, you're not going to do not with this strategy. Anyways, you're not going to do 20% or 30% in a month. It's, it's not going to happen. Okay. And for those of you that missed those um, or couldn't, didn't have time to write them down or whatever, the links that uh, Omar was talking about there, just go to our show notes. We're going to have all of the, information there all the links to get to the website and uh the information on the uh the uh seminars and that kind of thing so don't worry if you missed it just go to the show notes and all of omar's contact info is going to be there yeah thanks omar we've this has been like i definitely have learned a lot so i appreciate on and explaining it all to us yeah i just want to add one last thing (laughs) into okay just want so everyone knows um you know i've gone to these things before um and sometimes I've come back disappointed from what I've learned. I wanted to reiterate something. The reason we made this course is because we were the victims of financial literacy, right? Me and my business partner. We've, we're both you know, quite wealthy now. We don't have to work again in our lives if we don't want to. We, we choose to. We don't have to. The reason the course is very substantive, you're not going to go to this course and there's not going to be a $20,000 surprise afterwards. Oh, if you really want to learn how to do it, you got to pay 20 grand or 30 grand. That's not what this is. I despise those marketing practices. I hate them. Uh, and I just want to let everyone know that the two-day course, you'll, you'll know what you're doing as long as you put in the effort. So there's not, there's not any surprises after that. There's no crazy, like, you know, I, was, I went to the, this Robert Kiyosaki one a few years ago. It was a free training session. And at the end of the thing, they said, if you really want to learn how to do this, go into the back of the room and we have people there to help you increase your credit card limit to like spend 30K. Spend 30K. I despise that stuff because to me, at the end of the day, who's benefiting from that? The person teaching the course or the person you know, attaining the knowledge? There should be, a course should be so that you can make your money back in a short time frame and have that knowledge for the rest of your life. That's the purpose of education. So first and foremost, our purpose is education and helping people become financially literate so they gain financial confidence so they can live life on their terms not what somebody else dictates 
And the way to do that is to keep the pricing at a level where the vast majority of people can afford it and they can make their money back in a quick time frame. Very good. Thank you again. I appreciate all this. And, uh, and there's going to be, there's probably going to be a big response from this because I would imagine people are at least going to want to know more. Absolutely. So, oh, so, yeah. You know, so I encourage you to go over to the, the website. To blow up, I think. Yeah. I would encourage people just to have an open mind. Like you, you think about it logically. Tons of people make money off the stock market. Why don't you? Because you don't know, right? Why not learn it instead of just brushing it off? Cool. Well, hopefully a lot of people will, uh, will take action, jump on over, learn some more, uh, use the coupon code. Like I said, breakthrough, hopefully that helps get you, get you over, uh, over the fence with uh, joining in on the course. And, um, and that's, it's a lot. That's a lot to take Rob probably for an episode. So why don't we leave it there and uh, we'll let people on their way. Anything else? Yeah, I like it though. I do. And uh, I'm going to look for more info. So I personally want to get both you guys trading so that you can sing the praises of, of, of once you get it, trust me, you'll be talking about it all the time as you know, See, people who take it. You know, the whole thing for me is, is that I am just one of these like grumpy old men where, you know, I, I met you guys at the, uh, at the, wealth hacker conference oh yeah yeah yeah. and uh and i'm just like no i have no interest no i don't want to like because i just don't want to clog my i I, like that's the way i look at it it's like oh i'm like i gotta clog my mind with something else now that i don't know about and i have to shift my focus and 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 the returns are great for someone that is i'm sure willing to open themselves up to that and now you know just learning a little bit more taking the time to understand it a little bit more. It's definitely more appealing than I thought it was going to be, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm glad. I, I, I'm glad you feel that way. And I, I, like I said, I, I strongly encourage you to learn this. You will, you will do yourself a huge favor by learning this skill. It'll have it for the rest of your life. Nobody can take it away from you. And one day, if you ever decide to sell some of your real estate and really boof, beef up your trading account, you can live life anywhere you want on your terms. That's kind of cool in my opinion. That is appealing. That's yeah, appealing. It's very appealing. Can't lie with that. Absolutely. Lots of flexibility. And I want to thank both of you guys for giving me the platform to, to share this with as many people as possible, because I really want to uh, personally like uh, eradicate the lack of financial literacy that permeates through our society. So I thank you guys for having me on. Appreciate you being here. Okay. Well, we could talk about this forever, but we're going to wrap up now and we'll probably have Omar back on again at some point. And uh, you've got some exciting things going on in, in the future. So I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about and have you back on. Sandy, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, 289-389-6846 or Sandy at McKayRealtyNetwork.com. Anyone interested in talking to me can reach me at Rob at MrBreakthrough.ca. All right, guys, have a good day and we will see you next time. Thank you.